You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. After being embarrassed by the Devils in four consecutive games, the boys seemingly remembered how to play hockey Monday night, defeating the first-place Pittsburgh Penguins 7-2. Join us as we talk about Dave Scott's most recent comments, who's making a case for expansion protection, and more on the Three Pigeons Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and Mike, I tried to tell you, Alex Lyon will lead us to the Stanley Cup. It is a fact now. Uh, do I have to <laughs> respond to this now or wait until yeah, my yeah, point? Yeah, wait until All right, fine, I'll just say, I'm Mike Zawissa, and I'd actually like to congratulate Alex Lyon on his real-life NHL win tonight. That's, uh... I mean, that's something. He had, a, mean, he had a Dominic Hasek save. Can you imagine, yeah. Mike, a, if he, that, that was legitimately one of the best saves I've ever seen. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, can you imagine if he wins, like, save of the year? He might with that save. Close. That was yeah. unbelievable. But, uh, all right, I'm Matt Arenek, and let's take a moment to soak in the fact that the Flyers had a 4 nothing lead today against the first place Penguins. That is just, after what we just watched last week, I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, I mean, we joked about it at the top, but... Um... Like they just kind of remembered how to play hockey, so I mean, I'll take it, right? I, I just, I think a couple weeks back, I said, you know, these remaining games, I just wanted to be entertaining, and tonight sure as hell was entertaining. Um, the refs tried their hardest to uh, to make sure it was going to stay entertaining. We'll get into that, uh, but real quick, a word from our sponsor: uh, basketball season's not going to be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, that's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, gentlemen. Flyers scored a touchdown tonight. First touchdown of the the year, maybe? I feel like they may have had one against the, the Cavs. No, I, I think that is the – I think I saw on Twitter someone say it was the most goals scored this season. I want to say. I thought they had seven. I thought seven four against the Caps. Yeah, I thought I thought one, they had a seven spot did. against the Caps. Either way, maybe like legitimate goals, not including like an empty netter. I don't know if there was an empty. Well, this netter. was this was the empty netter tonight. They got G. Oh, they got G. Got an empty netter, and then and then Bobby yeah. Haig. Oh, he scored an empty netter. Oh, that's, a, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. I thought he actually and scored. Let's uh, let's get into tonight though. Um, we all watched. This is the first game I think we've all watched in probably like three weeks. So good to yeah. see that we came we came together. I mean, listen. To be honest, I wasn't really expecting much from tonight. Um, after those Devils performances, I, I thought the team had pretty much just given up. But, you know, I guess they got up for this game. Will they get up for tomorrow's game? We'll see. Um, They've played them two, well this year for whatever reason. They're 5-2 they're yeah, they yeah, against them. 
the team so seems to alternate every year where the Flyers can, can just they play really well against a team and it kind of just alternates. You know, the Caps for, for a couple years was on and off. We did really, really well against them. The Penguins for you know, early in the 2010s, we lived in their head um, until they've realized, you know, they're actually skilled. So it's been interesting. Um, but 7-2, to Alex Line, <laughs> he drops his stick a shit ton. I don't know what's going on there, but um, drops his stick and makes possibly save of the year there. So um, Flyers seem to be energized from the puck drop, I would say. They, they were definitely had to jump early. Mm-hmm. Um, that Hayes goal, when I first saw it, I thought it was a goal. Um, I was really surprised, and, and then they took the second look and realized that it did go in, and then they were off to the races from there. Um, yeah. Farabee reclaims his lead for goals on the team with a nice power move in front. Um, any other highlights you guys want to want to jump on? Uh, that no look pass by Konechny, whether or not it was that was a hundred percent intentional. I was going nuts I, I, listening I to the Jonesy try to like play it out in his head whether or not that was. He obviously like opens yeah. up his face. He obviously wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to bank this off the side of the net directly to G, mm-hmm. but he had the idea. Well, we saw we saw TK do that same exact type of play to G last year against like the Maple Leafs, I think, for a goal. So, I mean, he's he definitely is capable of doing it. Either way, I mean, it's a sick play. Just the awareness, even if he wasn't trying to do it, just the awareness of here's the puck coming, let me open up the stick. Like, see what happens. So, yeah. um, that was nice. The line save was unreal. Um, he had that one at the end, too. I don't know if you guys saw that on Bluger. Yeah. He had this, yeah, unreal, like diving save so that was cool um moose gets to start tomorrow by the way so we'll can see. he handle it is he gonna be okay i don't know <laughs> to stretch him off the ice like come on um i hope he had enough rest yeah. that's yeah that's what i'm saying uh <laughs> ghost becoming the fourth ghost becoming fourth all time in uh flyers goals by defenseman that's insane that's an insane stat to me yeah. just because i feel that's he, kind of it doesn't like feel like he's played that many games yeah, no, it's. N- it doesn't feel like he's played that many games for him I've to been already here be for there. Eight years, right? That's insane. Is it really that long? Seven or eight years, I would say. Jeez. And that power play looks so much better with him up top. It's insane. It is literally. And how much like, he's? I would like to see how many games he's actually missed due to injury, because it's got to be a big number. He's probably lost a season yeah. due to injury total with everything. Probably. Well, and scratching if you're including those. In there too. <laughs> yeah. Davy Haxtell. Um, yeah. But, well, uh, it's. Jake? I mean. Jake also tenth uh, all time in Flyers history. In yeah, he creeped too. into the top ten. Just that's nuts. Past that's crazy. That's... Rod the Bod. Yep, he uh, had three point Jake. night. Him, G, and Farabee all three point nights. Wade um, Allison with a hell of a shot. Oh, I didn't see that, that puck go in. To be honest, it was a laser on a yeah. bounce. Rolling puck yeah, and rifle on it. a rolling puck. That's an insanely nice. And he also had another opportunity coming down. I want to say he's a lefty, so on his on his strong side, he had a short side high shot that was. I absolute see rocket and like yeah. caught like him pretty up like by like the shoulder neck area. Yeah, he has. I mean, his biggest issue I've noticed is just his skating. I don't think it's speed, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's quite at like to be a steady contributor. He needs to improve that a little bit over the summer. Um, I mean, he's been coming off that knee injury that's been bothering him for some time. So maybe yeah. maybe he cleans that up a, a tad this this summer i mean but with that shot if he can be like a third fourth line player for us and add some some offensive spark and down the lineup i mean i like what i've seen so far from him. he's a strong kid good shot he's physical yeah surprisingly physical yeah he, he uh he's starting to work his way into my heart here he might be one of my new uh 
Great He's flow, too. Favorite flyers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, unreal Great flow. Hair. He looks like, uh, I don't know if we've got any music, old music fans here, but uh, Ginger oh. Baker, the drummer from Cream. Look mm. up look up a picture of Ginger Baker. Sunshine of and your love. Yeah. Scary scarily similar to Wade Allison. Right. And Ginger Baker was a heroin addict for like thirty years. Yeah, he was nuts. He like stabbed one of his band members one time, like on stage. <laughs> Greg Jesus. With a drumstick or a knife? No, a knife, an actual knife. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then well, he wound yeah. up being in a, another band with that same dude in Cream actually, so yeah. I mean, listen, my favorite thing about Allison is, is um, besides his shot, which we've been able to see a little bit more here, it's just his energy. I think he, he brings a ton of energy to the game, and maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment of the season and how lackluster this team has been. So seeing you know, a young guy who's got a lot to prove and he's trying his best, maybe it's a little prisoner of the moment. But I am, I'm excited to see someone who clearly wants to play and clearly wants to prove something. So nice to see. Um, and real quick, Jake making top ten. That's still crazy, too, because he didn't start here. People, I mean, he's been here so long now that I, I feel like a bunch, of, a bunch of fans would probably think we drafted him at this point. But, I mean, he came over in the trade for Jeff Carter. I mean, he had a couple seasons under his belt already with, uh, with Columbus. So, um, pretty crazy. He's already top ten uh, for, for Flyers, considering all that. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We, we joked about expansion draft um, selections. This is going to be tough, man. I, I mean – between him and JVR, maybe – I mean, I've seen a couple mock ones where they don't protect either and they just hope that, you know, they hope one of them gets taken or they hope neither gets taken because their contract will protect them a la Andrew, Andrew McDonald. Uh, that was my favorite too. They're like, oh, I'm pretty sure Hextall came out and said it. They're like, well, we weren't worried about Mac because his contract <laughs> – like he just knew they weren't going to take him. So um, – but uh, JVR and, and – and Jake have both been performing really well this year. So I could see possibly Seattle wanting to take on one of them. And Seattle did become official the other week, by the way. They are now officially the 32nd uh, team in the NHL. So um, yeah. Friedman and, uh, and um, Jeff Merrick are going to have to change the podcast and, and blog to 32 thoughts. But uh, we'll see. What, what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, I, I just think if we can get them to take, like if we have to give up like a second or some type of asset to guarantee a specific player is taken, like like a JVR I'm leaning towards. He's had a very good year for us. Um, or Jake, I mean, if you're able to free up that money and you toss eight and a half, nine million dollars at Dougie Hamilton in the open market, like that's just a better use of those assets. Obviously both very good players, right? And but we need someone to pair with, with Ivan Provorov. We cannot go into next mm-hmm. season playing Justin Braun first pair of minutes. It just can't happen. Justin Braun, I feel like, is a guy that would, if they, I mean, they're going to expose him. I could see Seattle maybe taking him. He's he's a veteran guy, small contract. You know, he's it's up after this year. It's a it's kind of a perfect expansion pick, really. If if. He Unless you want to swing on the West Coast, his whole career basically. Yeah, too. knows those teams. I definitely see the argument there. Yeah, know, knows those teams super well. Um, and again, he's on an expiring deal after after this year, so it's not a commitment for them. It's a very enticing offer if I'm Seattle. I would look hard at, at Justin Braun. Um, so maybe maybe that, that, that smile, Matt. That means he wouldn't be playing for us next year. So 
Yeah, but then that would potentially probably mean it would be Robert Haig playing instead, and that's worse. <laughs> so. Hey, he got a goal tonight. Come on. He did get a goal. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with Matt, though. It's it's not like that JVR is a bad player or that Borchek is a bad player or that they don't have utility on this team. And specifically with JVR, like, he's a good player. Um, he's been productive this year. He's been cold as of late. But if you're if you were to look at what this team needs right now, you would 100% take a Dougie Hamilton legitimate number one Norris contender defenseman to play with Ivan Provorov to hopefully foster him into also being that number one defenseman, which I know a lot of people don't think he has the number one upside anymore. I tend to believe he does, especially if he was to get the benefit of playing with a superior defenseman. Um, you know, compare that to what JVR brings. JVR scores goals, and he goes through a lot of periods where he doesn't. So I, it's not like this team has been really offensively starved this year necessarily either. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, Dougie Hamilton, if you can find a way to make the resources available for him, I think that that should be a focus. And you obviously do that by losing one of JVR or Jake. Yeah, I would lean more towards losing JVR as well. Um, I know that Jake's contract is the worst of the two, I guess, but I think he just, he brings an element that JVR just doesn't have. I mean, Jake doesn't score a ton of goals. We know that, but he, he is really creative. And I think, you know, if we were able to get the right power play coach in there, him and G have a really great connection. Um, you know, I, I think having him around for that would be really great. I, I guess you could make the same argument for JVR, though, if he had a great power play and they used him better. But, I, I mean, his his the way he scored a ton of his goals this year was on the power play just tipping it. And there's not really any kind of serious I don't know, schematics behind that. You just plop him in front and get shots through. Jake, just a little more dynamic. Will that, you know, hinder as he gets older? Probably. I mean, that's what normally happens. But um, I would rather have Jake than JVR for now. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I said, maybe their contracts protect both of them and we get stuck with both of them. And if that's the case, I don't know how we're going to afford Dougie Hamilton because we're going to have to uh, You're not. <laughs> make a trade and some sweeteners. Yeah, you just maybe just don't, which – I mean, unless you, like you said, unless you trade someone, I mean, that's, a, that's just really the only argument, right? Is that if we want a, a change up on this team, which can kind of go into Dave Scott's comments and that we'll have to pull up the exact quote, but he, he doesn't, he kind of referenced how last year, as we've talked about, we were so close and it's kind of easy to see like how you can go to one extreme to another, right? Where last year we're a game away from the Eastern conference final this year, we're one of the worst teams in the NHL over the past two months. Um, and he mentioned there's not a need to blow it up, which I tend to agree, but that doesn't mean I don't agree that we need to move a key piece. Like if we walk into next season with like G, Jake, JVR, Hayes, and lose like Nick Abe Kubel to the expansion draft, just purely from like a fan's perspective, like good luck selling tickets because fans aren't going to stand for that. Mike, what are your thoughts on, on Dave Scott? I didn't get to see this full quote. So I'm going to pull up the actual think, quotes real quick. I think that he is kind of like, I, I don't, I want to try to say this without like being like, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder. Um, you know, Humble I, that's not why I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, 
I enjoy what the organization does from like a standpoint of like making it safe to go to games during the pandemic, making the overall game experience pretty great. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed my time there. One thing about, yeah, one thing about going to Flyers games is over the years, even though the team's been mediocre, the organization makes it a point that like you get your money's worth at least from the other stuff. Anyway, that's beside the point. I, I think that Dave Scott is just, to me, I read those comments and I don't think he really knows what's going on with the team. I don't think he has an idea. I think he just watches the team play really well last year and then play poorly this year with virtually the same construction and goes, oh, it's not the players. It's got to be, like, the coaching. Because that's what he said. He, he said did the make coaches that need to have. Yeah. yeah, he said the coaches need to have the players ready to play. Players haven't been ready to play this whole year. So, to me, that's like, uh, yeah, there's, there's critiques you can have for AV, for the coaching staff. There's critiques for the players. It hasn't been any one specific thing. But ultimately to look at this year and the past decade of flyers hockey and say you know it's just the coaches like that's that's very short-sighted and it shows that like for you know it wasn't until recently that he actually had to be looking at this team because ed snyder was the one who had to be involved with it and ed snyder was pretty much always bang on with his like take of what was wrong with the flyers um if if nothing else he was kind of like overzealous sometimes when he would call for action but Dave Scott, like, he's new to this kind of, and I don't think he really necessarily knows what he's looking at. So, and I think and that's he's not like, in a, I think he's just letting the people he hired do their job. He's, I think they mentioned yeah, that yeah. in the comments, right? Is yeah. that I don't, you know, like you said, with Ed Snyder, he's not going to be influencing decisions, right? As to like what mm-hmm. he wants. I think he's hiring them and letting them do what they're going to do because I'm not entirely sure what, to what extent his hockey knowledge is. It's zero. Yeah. Yes. So Usag. that's why Chuck Fletcher is, is head of hockey ops too, right? He's either president and or head of hockey ops. Like they gave him that role because Dave Scott is like, I don't know anything about hockey. So the one Sorry, thing I no, the one thing I like though is he did mention like he felt for the fans, which is nice to hear, right? Oh, yeah. Compared yeah. to like the Hextall years when like you would literally <laughs> he said he didn't care. Yeah, he, he literally just was just like, care. F all y'all, like we do not yeah. care one bit. Out goes the uh what did they get rid of? The season ticket holder, like Town Hall, right? Oh, yeah, the public after, yeah. after Dave Haxel yeah. got butthurt because he thought Andrew McDonald was a top three NHL defenseman. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I like that he mentioned the fans. I think he realizes, like, there is some apathy amongst the fan base after watching this product. So I think he understands from a business perspective, like, maybe you don't need to blow it up because he mentioned blowing it up as in rebuild. I think that's the way he yeah, thinks of yeah. it. I think he knows yeah. that there needs to be like new pieces in some exciting changes to kind of get some excitement back around the team and have some fans actually willing to like, give the team another shot. So I was I was fine with his comments. There's nothing he said that I was like people blew that out of proportion without reading the clarifying statement that he mentions rebuild in terms of not blowing yeah. it up. I mean, it, it, it's not like. Jim Light or whatever his name is from Dallas saying that Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are the reason that the team isn't competitive. Oh, like that's, yeah, I remember that. If, if, you're, if, if we were to get a statement like that from Scott about, like, Claude Giroux and, like, and I mean, Jake. you never want that. You never want your owner to be, like, adversarial with the players. So I don't I don't mind that. But, um, yeah, yeah. Just like in everything in life, there's a balance, right? I mean, you got to mm-hmm. – Sometimes it's definitely beneficial to have an owner and have a voice, and sometimes it's not. I mean, we're seeing that with the Eagles right now. We've seen that with the Cowboys, Dallas, for how long? You know, 
sometimes it makes sense for for an owner to have and, and voice opinions, and sometimes it's better they just keep their mouth shut. Um, that's so. I, I referenced it with Ed Snyder too. Like, yeah, he he cared so much about this team, and he usually had a good finger on the pulse for what was wrong with his team. But sometimes to a fault, like you know, rushing out and trading your captain, and then Jeff Carter, and then bringing in Ilya Brzezgalov with the money almost immediately, and like without doing any real groundwork as to what that contract should look like, what this player actually has done. Like those are decisions that really hurt you um, in the short term and the long term. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes it's beneficial. Sometimes it's not. And that's just, I mean, that's just sports. It's literally yeah, sports it's... are a lot about luck and circumstance. So we'll see. Yeah. Again, I, I didn't have a ton of, I just saw snippets of the quote. Uh, I didn't have a ton of, I have take no umbrage. Like that 50 cent word. Um, with what he said, um, I will say this though, you know, uh, <laughs> this is the biggest off season for the Flyers since that Ed Snyder off season. I mean, this is hands down it. This is, you know, Chuck Fletcher has his work cut out for him. The he, big, the biggest thing I'm looking into is if he doesn't, if he's not given the opportunity to make a legitimate good deal for like for multiple teams, right? Like, let's say he talks to Calgary or Dallas or whoever it may be and it just doesn't work out, will he still pull the trigger on something they lose for the sake of making changes? That, that, that's going to be interesting for me to see because as we've talked well, about, like, he's been in the At this point, he's backed, himself, he's, he's backed himself into a corner at this point, right? Because yeah. he, he bet, he, he, his bet was on the younger players. It did not work. You know, some of this is not his fault. I mean, we, we're going through COVID. It's a cash-strapped league. No one's got room. So it's going to be very hard to make trades. But, you know, some of this could have been solved in the offseason if he was more proactive. It's kind of like you've been going steady with a girl for like three, four months. You keep putting off meeting her parents. There's just more (laughs) pressure is going to build until you finally meet them. And then it's either going to go great or you're going to shit your pants. It's the same thing. Like he he had all this time to make moves and he, he made a bet and. You know, now he's he's made his bet. He's got to lay in it. it it's got and that's to... what like people people acted like the bet was indefensible too. I, I know. I don't. I can't no, stay. it I was don't like that because no, because for these very reasons, you don't know what you didn't know what the season was going to look like. Hindsight you didn't know how many games you're playing. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know what money you would have coming into it. And he's like, all right, you know, we have a lot of really good young players. The fans have been wanting to see these players for years. Our coaches want to continue to develop these young players. Let's just go all in. And it didn't work out, like we said. But I do think. Uh, just to piggyback off of that, Joe, that's actually something that really plays into his favor potentially going into next season is that if he does make moves to bolster the team and is able to retain guys like Sanheim, Konechny, Myers, Provorov, etc., Hart, all those players, like if they take a step forward next year or they're back to at least their normal selves, like if he also made moves to, you know, improve areas where the team was like had deficiencies, then the team is going to be that much better, right? Like that is one thing that works into this Flyers team for next year is that so many guys had so many performances that we could have just never seen coming. So he's basically right? going to and double down on his bet. He's going to say, "I'm going to." No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, if he makes moves and clear, he to, keeps them and they get better, then hey, yeah. yeah, and because what are the chances that these young players that have clear upsides and high ceilings just aren't like are going to continue regressing like that's not going to like i i 
that is the one hope I have, or the one like be hard to bright spot. I feel is yeah. that yeah, like Travis Konechny is not going to be as bad next year as he was this year. You can't, like, Kevin can't get much worse. Uh, we like, we joked about it. I mean, we're at rock bottom. You can't really get worse than this. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think he, I think he's he's backed himself into a corner. If he does not, if the team is not in strong playoff contention next year, I'm talking they finish second, you know, second division, maybe third. But if they are not strong and pressing, he is fired. He will be fired at the end of next year if this team does not do well. Chuck Fletcher? Oh, yeah, 100%. No uh, he's gone. I'd be every dollar I Let's run a bet then, shall we? <laughs> Let us run a bet. I, I actually I kind of I kind of am with Joe a little bit on this. Listen. If the, if yeah. they, if the guy that they, they made a big showing of we're not hiring another Flyers retread, like he has no connection to the organization, other than the fact that his dad was best friends with Bobby Clark. Yeah. Uh, and then he fails to make this team a playoff team for two years in a row. Like, but as he, he has the tools, but as he has just, the tools at his disposal. But as you he, just said, though, like, would you consider this his fault for not making the playoffs this year? Because I wouldn't. I I, I mean, thought he made a smart partially. Bet. Yeah, he, he's got to he, take some I, I of the think blame. It's partially to fault. Yeah, he didn't. I, mean, I, I think a small amount. You lose. He didn't two make players. any moves during season, though. Like that's the. I don't know. Thing. If, I don't know. Like, small. I mean, if you're gonna, we'll, we'll what talk about. What do you mean? We lost point. Matt Niskan, who's a, a decent piece. Okay, but he's not like life changing. If you looked, and could you Tyler look someone Pitlick. in the eyes and have them say, "If you losing Matt Niskan, it was going to lead to this"? I mean, no, not not possible. Matt, Matt Niskan was exactly my point. in the second. Right. That's, that's what Matt's saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is, yeah. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think I think the, the to me where the season falls on Chuck is there was a chance where this team was still well in the playoff picture and in a playoff spot and they clearly needed help on defense and they didn't make a move. And no I agree move, with that. No move. No move came. Even like I can't believe I'm saying this. Even if they just gone out and gotten Mark Stahl or something, <laughs> anything, anything to oh, just buy man. into your club and be like, I know that you guys need help on defense. Here's a defenseman. Anything. And he did nothing. They didn't do anything. They didn't do a single thing. And that's on Chuck Fletcher because this team could have been. I agree. This team I agree could with that have part. salvaged a playoff spot. Also, for sure. also, listen. Life's not fair, right? I mean, it's not fair to, to judge him against this year as harshly as as I am. But guess what? He's getting paid millions of dollars to do this job well. He made a bet. He he assumed like all of us did, and it's a pretty good bet, you know, that hey, this team's going to continue to progress. I th- I thought. I really thought so. I think the three of us all agreed on that. But the Bucks got to stop somewhere. He's the general manager. He's got this offseason to prove, to prove it. He's got every tool at his disposal. And I get it's going to be hard. But listen, you know, you made a bet. It didn't pan out. You got to play the hand you're dealt. This is the hand he's dealt. I would be shocked, Matt, if, if they do not get in the playoffs next year. I would, I would bet you $100 cash right now. <laughs> $100. They will if if they don't make the playoffs. Chuck Fletcher is fired. At the very least, he's he's in a tremendous hot seat. Yeah, like, for like the first that, half. That is of the it. Year, like yeah. it's, it's his last he, seat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I it's all, it's all so circumstantial because it all depends on like why they don't make it, right? Like if they get a bunch of injuries and don't make it, he's not getting fired. I don't think in his third yeah. year. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do agree with that. It is it is circumstantial. Maybe. Maybe if if they if they make no if they make no major moves though and he, yeah if he doesn't make any moves the only thing in is, the offseason who, who does he who does he answer to just Dave Scott yeah, yeah. yeah. like Ch- I'm pretty sure Chuck Fletcher is his own boss whatever right Wizard of Oz so. they got behind the curtain at Xfinity but um, the other thing is you got to look at his track record too so 
I mean, his tracker, Minnesota was pretty good, but they never, they were never able to get over the hump. They were always they brought the him in. Of the, of the, yeah. Of the West. <laughs> they brought him in here to get this team over the hump. That is his job. So I understand. Life's not fair. There could be a rash of injuries. Guess what? The Bucks got to stop somewhere, and he's the general manager. Someone has to take the hit. I no, mean, I agree. I mean, if he's smart, then where the buck stops right now is with some of these players, right? It's like you ship them off because you're yeah. holding them accountable as yeah. opposed to like uh, Ron Hextall where there was a glaring problem on the team and Dave Hextall and he just went down with the ship. Like that. Yeah, honestly, I, I, hand to God, I still think if Hextall had fired Hextall, I think he would still be the general manager. I think I think uh, if you fired him, when... Ron Hextall, like they they came to him, they like pulled the sword out of the stone, and they were like, "Here, go <laughs> go kill Dave Hextall." And then instead, Ron Hextall laid down on the stone, stabbed himself, and put the sword back in <laughs> yeah. the stone. Like, yeah, that was it. Like, I, I honestly, honestly, God, I think if he had actually just let Hextall go, he probably would. He would still be Joe manager. Um, All right, so wait, Joe, hmm. great great transition here. We have a couple ways we could go. Just okay. fork in the road. Let's go. So either we stay with. GM's in trouble or GM's causing trouble or Ooh. we go down the the, the murder of rash of oh, <laughs> yeah a rash of injuries slash murder so we could go either let's which way which way do you want to go um it's up to you guys I'll let you guys pick because I, I read the Columbus article I don't know you guys didn't have a ton of time to read it so if you want to do Tom Wilson we could do Tom we've, Wilson I feel like we've re we've talked about that columbus situation so much we have uh, we've mentioned it a good yeah, we'll bit go. it is, it's a fascinating article aaron portsline of the athletic um he's a great writer great, great writer. writer yes he, he is really good um check it out it's it's a great article maybe we'll talk about it um the other episode this week maybe we'll, we'll get into it a little bit but yeah talking about gms on the hot seat uh did not paint my boy yarmo in a uh, in a good light there um but let, let's get into tom wilson Mike, you texted. I, I was not. I did not have the game up. Obviously, I was. I was tweeting, so I was watching the Flyers game. Um, but I did get to see the replay of it, and I. I threw it in the group chat. I. I asked, this, "What is he thinking? What is? What is he trying to do?" I, I don't understand. I understand frustration, but I mean, it wasn't even like Bujnevich. He didn't even. He was just kind of <laughs> hanging out in the crease. He didn't A do anything. A capital took him down in the crease. Yeah, like, like, like uh, and he just he, he lost his mind. He absolutely lost his mind. And then to – so he – for those who didn't see, just to recap, Tom Wilson straight up assaults Pavel Buznevich, pushes him his face down with his stick on his neck into the ice, trying to crush his vertebrae. I have no idea what, it, what his plan was. Just crushing him with a stick and then punches him in the head while he's laying on the ice, then gets up, starts a scrum, gets in it with uh, Panarin, and – WWE body slams Panarin onto the ice. Thank God he, he didn't crack his head open right there. Um, I mean, this is this is like uh, uh, Matt Cook level horrible. This is we haven't seen and this. And then in like a gloated long time. about it from the penalty box. And then box. flexes in the penalty box. Like I am really curious to see what the league does. I mean, he's already been suspended. Was it once this year or twice this year? He had the Brandon Carlo hit. Um, uh, did he get suspended for that? It was a couple games, like three. I think it was it was short. It was a short suspension, um, but yeah, I just he had a seven gamer this year too. He had, he got suspended I, twice this year. Well, I know he had the seven gamer. That must have. I don't been know if Carlo? he got suspended for the Brandon Carlo. I, Maybe he didn't get suspended for Brandon Carlo, but I mean Jesus, listen, 
talking about where the Bucks got to stop. I mean, how many chances are you going to give this guy? It was I, I don't seven understand. games for the Carlo hit, yeah. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, if he got seven for that, is he gone for till what, first round of the playoffs? Wow. Past the first round? I don't know I, what you do. Well, they, they pretty much multiply playoff games by two in terms of, like, what yeah. they consider. We have, what, five games left in the season – if the league wanted to send a message, they wouldn't let him come back the to the season. playoffs. Yeah, the they would do it. They would do an indefinite suspension. That would be if the league was serious, but they're not. No. I mean, that well, would be that you would have be like some of the like I'm not saying all enforcers are cheap players, but like every person that's in that is like a ex fighter. Like I don't really understand like the yeah the uh, thought process behind protecting think, who is it players. right now? It's, it's, is it, it George Perros still? Right? Is yeah. it still Peros? I don't know yeah, if it's it still Peros, but I know, like, I feel like everyone who's gone through that has been an enforcer, which I don't have any problems with enforcers, how they played the game or taking a hitting, fighting out of the game. But it is a little weird to me to think that, like, I'm fine having, like, one person's perspective in that sense, but to have them lead yeah. it, it's kind of like you're trying to clean up the game a little bit. You're not trying to let things go. I'm all for physicality. You guys know that. I love physical hockey. I love fights. But this is, this is beyond the pale. I mean, he, he's defenseless. He's laying on the ice. What happened to the fighter's code of, of when someone's on the ice, you don't, yeah. you don't throw a hit? Instead, that's, the, that's why it's the biggest crock of shit, right? Yeah. Like it, 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 Tom Wilson isn't an effective player because he's like, like he does so many good things, so many things well. Like He has a good shot. He's a pretty decent playmaker. He's strong on the puck. He can kill penalties. But like... The whole, like, fighter's code thing, oh, well, he's, you know, it's an old part of the game. Like, it's just gutless. It's a gutless play. In what era do you, can you look at that and be like, damn, that's a really savvy play there. That's a, that's a big heart play by Tom Wilson. Like, what? And the, I, and the, the problem is, is there's no, like, he is such a strong, tough dude. There's only maybe one person in Ryan Reeves Revo, who can really yeah. stand up yeah. to him. And that pretty much gives him a free, like, like you saw, like who who on the Rangers? Brendan Smith's gonna come over and cross check him seventy five times. Like, that's yeah. the only dude on that team that like could even potentially stand up to him. I don't even know if he was on the ice. Bring Jody Shelley out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Like even with Ryan Reeves, I mean he th- he's done some questionable things. Yeah. I've never seen Ryan Reeves try to break a dude's neck on the ice. Like, yeah. uh, I I feel like me. I, I he just I guess he just snapped. But listen. You know, maybe you get the benefit of the doubt if you don't do shit like he's constantly done for years, but that goes out the window when you have his record. I mean, you just you, you don't you, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, especially when like every excuse he could use, right? I'm falling down, I'm bracing for my fall, right? That's yeah. that's first excuse he would go with. You can't say that if you then turn around and you rabbit punch him in the head <laughs> twice. So that that excuse yeah. is out the window, right? And then you're like, okay, like. Maybe it's questionable, even though it's not, because it's him. He gets up, and then, rightfully so, Artemi Panarin jumps on his back. And then instead of, like, knowing, like, having some sense, and he's like, okay, I might have just messed up, I'm just going to, like, take whatever's going on, walk away. Probably nothing comes of it, because it's the NHL. Instead, he ragdolls Artemi Panarin, like you said, t- potentially throwing him to the ice with no helmet, no code there, and then 
flex is in the penalty box. So every time you can like come up with an excuse for why he did what he did, he follows it up by doing something stupid that shows that he doesn't care that he did what he just did. Yeah. Yeah. And if if you're if you're a fan that like is honestly defending like I remember like Wayne Simmons had some questionable plays. There's that one where Ryan McDonough was coming com- coming over to try and oh, glass cross check him. Yeah, and then Simmons like threw a punch to like yeah. protect himself and it broke McDonough's jaw or whatever. I remember like seeing that play and being like, That's a dirty play, but by the same token, McDonough was trying to come over to initiate a dirty play. Also, Wayne Simmons is not as whatever. Like I've I've defended dirty plays before, yeah. sure. I've also, you know, said when, you know, Knack does something stupid, like that's a that's a bad penalty, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a Cavs fan that is like genuinely defending Tom Wilson and not by being like, well, David Krejci is on the Bruins, whatever. If yeah. you're being like, One right- ha, 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 this is so funny. Like, he's such a fun, like, it's so funny that you're all so triggered by Tom Wilson trying to break a dude's neck. If you're that type of fan, like, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. But, like, that you're just that's just a bad look. I've been that's seeing on, on Twitter people like, well, it's like you said, they, they jump to somebody. Well, somebody else did this. That doesn't matter. No, that, that, yeah. Because one wrong does not just qualify another one to be wrong or just to be fine, too. That's not how it works. I mean, and even beyond that too, like there are fans who are like legitimately love Tom Wilson hurting other players. Like I see that a lot actually, and it's like that's that's such what, a, what are what are you what are you rooting for? Because they, they, they conflate like old time physical hockey with what he brings, and that's not the same thing. Yeah, like yeah. go watch yeah. the this movie. Glad three Flyers fans talking about how you know an enforcer is taking it too far. I mean, the three of us are talking yeah. about it with with the history of our club of the team we love and we're saying, Hey, this is too much. Like, come on. There's, I I can't, I don't know another fan base in the NHL that loves physical hockey more than the Flyers. It's the Bruins and us. That's, that's been our calling card for since 1967. And we're telling you that, Hey, this has gone too far. I, I don't know. He, to me, honestly, if I was the league, I would suspend him through the first round of the playoffs. I suspended through the first round. I think that's pretty fair. Indefinite, indefinite suspension if the league took this seriously. Yeah, they're, they're not going to so. do that. But suspend him the rest of this season, so five games that are left, which mean nothing anyway, and suspend him for the first round. Yeah. Because clearly, finding him doesn't seem to deter him. Um, so make him miss, make him miss all you know, whole first round of the playoff series. That would sting. We'll see. See with George Peros if he's got some huevos or not. If he can step up to the plate here. That stupid mustache of his. I always hated him. <laughs> Anything else, boys? We, we got the yeah, Penguins big, on big Tuesday. Big tough George Paris is afraid to discipline, discipline players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shocking. Penguins Tuesday, so we, we got another game back, right after back this one. Action. Back to back. Moose will get the start. Hopefully he had enough time to, to relax and recuperate from his start. <laughs> Did he start the, over the weekend? I don't even remember that game. I just blocked it out of my memory. I don't know if he yeah, played. Yeah, got lit off. Okay. Yeah, they got shut out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How so, long of a season? We'll see. Do you think Anything would, else, boys? I said, how long of a season do you think he would need to play sixty forty? Like it would probably have to be like a two and a half year season with like fifteen days off between <laughs> games. I was gonna say, if if you did like a like a ten game season over the course of <laughs> a month and a half, he might be able to handle six games. Yeah, we. Uh, we got to that's that's one move that Chuck Fletcher's got to make. He's got to shore up the back backup goaltending position. As much as I like Moose and he's definitely been a good influence on Carter. Um you know, 
Carter has a little bit of an injury history now. It's nothing to be like super concerned about, but I mean, he, he has been injured a couple times now. Um, you're you're going to need someone who's going to be able to, to play the lion's share of the games every now and again. So got to shore that up. I would like Yorkiev. I've made my thoughts very clear. I don't think we're going to get him though. It'd be very hard. So that's it. Anything else, boys? Why don't you wrap us up, Joe? All right. For Mike, for Matt, for myself, Tom Wilson, you suck. Have a great day, Philadelphia.